If you join me in your Bible to at 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. If you're looking for that, go to Matthew and turn right. First Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. Hear the word. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues." All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, as we approach your Scripture this morning, Lord, I ask that you put me behind the cross, that your words and your thoughts would be mine. And Lord, if I misspeak today, forgive me. Let your message be heard in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So titled today's sermon, Spiritual Gifts, we've been talking about revival since the beginning of the year, and um, so I wanted to talk to us about the gifts. Next week, we're going to get into the Beatitudes, and we're going to be in those for several weeks, so I wanted to get gifts out of the way so we can be thinking about those. But before we talk about the gifts, I want to address the first part of this scripture where it talks about uh, Jesus be cursed. One, one translation says, accursed is Jesus. Now, this, this might have been spoken by the Jews. I know you're thinking, why would we say Jesus is cursed? This was probably spoken by the Jews. Uh, the synagogue prayers often included a cursing of all the apostates, and Jesus would have been included in that. And Jesus would fall under that description. Now, Jewish law said, cursed be everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, we all know that Jesus was crucified, so that would be, uh, that would be Jesus as well. Uh, It would be normal to hear the Jews pronouncing their curses on Jesus also as a heretic, uh, this this criminal who the Christians worshipped. So these are all the reasons why someone might say, accursed is Jesus. But Paul explains also that no man can say a word against Christ and attribute it to the Holy Spirit. Once we have accepted Jesus and that Holy Spirit has fallen on us and is dwelling within us, we, we, we cannot say that Christ is cursed. We don't speak any word against Jesus. As we continue to talk about revival in the new year, about loving God and our neighbors, about making disciples of Christ for the transformation of the world, about doing all the good that we can possibly do in all the places that we can do it, and about renewing ourselves both inside and out, I think it's important for us to discuss knowing what your gift is, and using it. 
Spiritual gifts are divine abilities distributed by the Holy Spirit to every believer according to God's design and grace for the common good of the body of Christ. Do you get that? It's for the common good. It's for, it's for everyone. It's for the good of all. And this is the reason that gifts from the Holy Spirit were imparted to believers like you and me to build up and to encourage and to bless the church. One writer said, <clears throat> "Excuse me, the one true God has partnered with His people to accomplish His purposes on earth with the help of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit only indwelled in select individuals for a period of time to accomplish God's purposes. The Spirit instilled gifts in artisans, architects, builders, priests, and prophets. But in the New Testament, Jesus promised the indwelling of the Holy Spirit for all believers. And that promise was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost as recorded in Acts 2. The Spirit deposited gifts in every believer for the express purpose of building God's kingdom on earth. We do not all have the same gifts. In unity, we are to celebrate the giftedness of others and work together to accomplish God's will in our lives and in the world. So we're not going to have the same gifts, and we are to respect others with their gifts. These spiritual gifts are all very real uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. And like I said, we're not all expected to possess all of them, and we're not going to have them forever. We may not have it forever. It may just be for a, for a time. But they're supernatural gifts of God used by God's people for God's purpose. They're only for God's glory and God's purpose. Now what that means is that, that they're not for our own personal agenda. We don't use our gifts to, take, to, to uh, hold hostage the Sunday school class or, or the choir or the preacher or the work of the church. Paul lists these gifts different so that we might know them when we see them. He shows us all of the gifts so that we know them as evidence that God is very much in our presence in the person of the Holy Spirit. And this calling, our calling, is finding our spot in God's service. Paul wanted to make sure that we understood about spiritual gifts. And he was, he was good at giving the gifts to us. He was good at, at making lists of things that, that were going to be good for us. Like in Galatians, he listed the fruit of the Spirit, the things that we, we want to bear, the love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Those are all important to the gift of servanthood. And then today, we get this message of spiritual gifts from Paul. A message of wisdom, a message of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, spiritual discernment, speaking in tongues, and interpreting tongues. And those too are necessary for a life of servanthood. But the key word in the passage is varieties. We all have a variety of gifts and a variety of ways to serve and a variety of workings. The, the thing is, you don't have to be all things because there's somebody else in the room that has gifts that you don't have. The word gifts comes from the Greek charismata, which is the root word for grace. And those are the divine abilities that are distributed by the Holy Spirit. 
We talked about once that Holy Spirit falls on us and lives within us, that we don't speak against Christ. But once that Holy Spirit falls on us and lives in us, we have responsibilities. We know, so we're supposed to move forward. Jesus said, go. We're supposed to go and use those gifts. God gives us the energy to do the work. Philippians 2.13 reminds us, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. Because God is at work within us, we can accomplish God's goals, God's will, God's purposes. Paul challenges us to incorporate diversity into our understanding. We minister differently because we have been gifted differently. The same God is at work within us, but he, he customizes the work through our personalities and through our talents and traits. And all of that is used for God's glory and to strengthen the church. I found this illustration that I thought was really good, uh, and so I want to share it with you. I want to I put things in terms that you will understand. You ready? All right, so we're having a potluck at church, right? And somebody drops their casserole on the floor of the Mac. Y'all with me so far? This is something y'all understand, right? Potlucks and casseroles. That's what we do as Methodists. That's what we have. So um, as they drop it on the floor of the Mac, this is how the people with a variety of gifts respond. With the gift of prophecy, they say, that's what happens when you're not being careful. That's the gift of prophecy. The gift of service, someone says, oh, let me help you clean that up. The gift of teaching is, the reason it fell is because it was too heavy on one end. The gift of exhortation, next time maybe you should let someone else carry it. With the gift of giving, here, you can have some of my casserole. The gift of mercy, don't feel too bad, it could have happened to anyone. The gift of administration, Jim, would you get the mop? Sharon, please pick this up. In Virginia, could you get him another piece of casserole? You see, we've all been gifted differently, so we respond differently, and we act differently, and we serve differently. And the church has every gift that is needed to function as a Christian community. We don't, we don't live according to one person's gifts. We live according to all person's gifts. And like we told the kids down front, we're the toolbox for God. If God needs a hammer, he's not going to grab the screwdriver. If God needs a wrench, he's not going to grab the hammer. Same way with y'all. Oh, that's not me. We are all ministers and priests according to the word. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. It's our job. It is our job to prepare God's people for works of service. That's what we do as a church. We, we gather and we prepare and we go. And while it's important to identify your gifts, the go is important. You've got to use the gifts. You've got to move forward with the gifts. It, it plays a critical role in the functioning of the body. You've been given this gift and a key role to play in the church. And until each of us implement our gifts, our church is not going to mature in faith. Our church is not going to grow. Our church is not going to minister. And the word of Jesus stops. And that's the scary part. 
The gifts of the Spirit are not tools to, to admire, but they're to use. They're not medals to be worn. They're not trophies to be put on a shelf. Nobody is nobody in the body. Everyone has a purpose, and everyone has a job to do, and all of those talents and gifts need to be used. On the other side of that, no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. In the last verse of 1 Corinthians 12, we didn't read that part, but it reminded that there's something far greater than even our divine abilities. And it says, but eagerly desire the greater gifts, and now I will show you a more excellent way. And he's talking about love that's in the 13th chapter. We know about the love chapter, right? Everybody knows about the love chapter. But it says in the love chapter, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I, have, if I give all I have to possess, all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. You see, he elevated the supremacy of love over all the gifts. If we don't work our gifts with the basis of love, they're pointless. They mean nothing, and they can even be detrimental to the world. We focus on living out the great commandment by intensifying our love for God and for others, and then we're going to want to look for ways to serve others. We're going to be hunting ways. How can we do better? We want to use our gifts to, to feed the poor on, at, the, at the, the monthly food pantry. But we want to, we want to help the world and serve by, by doing the mentor, uh, being a mentor at the schools. We want to go into the, um, to the community and offer our gifts and services to, to, to wherever we can. We, we should be looking for any opportunity that we can find to serve our neighbor. But we have to carry those out in love. Friends, you have a gift. Find your spiritual gift. Then you're supposed to use your spiritual gift and with all that love, we share Jesus Christ together. It's revival. That's revival. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.